Matt, and, and I, I can picture you just wearing all white or something in this Baylor club, uh, having oh. someone serving you a drink with an umbrella and fanning you. I don't know what the weather's like over there. It's actually drizzling here. But, uh, yeah, they. Uh, it, it's funny. When you play every single day, uh, you know, I, I think, and, and you lose eight in a row, 16 of 20, you just you never feel like you're going to get out of it. And sometimes – you can look at a roster and say, gosh, you know, I, the roster is still really good. I, I, they're just not getting the job done. But the difference here was you looked at the Rangers bullpen and I think it was fair to wonder if they ever would snap out of it because it just, it, it's a group that uh, has struggled. There's not been a ton of reliability, uh, but the Rangers have started to hit again. And, and then the key to this turnaround isn't that this bullpen is being asked to protect a one or two run lead for three innings. Uh, it's that they haven't been asked that. It's it's you know nights like last night where the Rangers win ten nothing. The night before, uh, what was it nine to four or something? And then even the first game of the Blue Jays series, they won six to three, but they were up yeah. five nothing. And so uh, that's kind of been the recipe. And if you really think about it, the beginning of the year when the Rangers were rattling off all those wins, they also weren't doing it by protecting one or two run leads consistently for three innings. They were doing it by just outscoring teams in a big way. So uh, it's not a a formula that's always easy to maintain, you know, come playoff time, but uh, maybe that's what's going to carry the Rangers through the rest of the regular season. But at some point they are going to have to show that this bullpen can have success holding leads. And uh, you know, whether it's this regular season or in the playoffs, there's going to be a stretch where in four games, three of them are going to be really close and they're going to have to, uh, you know, show that they can do this. Five and zero is still terrifying to me, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I get it. I get it. (laughs) It's still, it's still a little worrisome, but uh, they have been able to get some of these home. I mean, this Scherzer news hits, you know, knew it looked bad with a tricep spasm. Glad he's not having to have surgery, but it's just, um, it's kind of amazing. This team almost, though, seems to get a little jolt every time they get some horrible news. Like, if you think about it, it seemed like right after DeGrom, they kind of went on a bit of a tear, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't know if we're going to call this a tear. They certainly have gotten a little foothold here, and they've only had a couple of nights to, to get used to this Scherzer news. Um, but it, it's a resilient bunch, as, as you pointed out. Now, as you think about how do you replace Scherzer, well, you don't, right? But you have put some people in the bullpen, whether it be Martin Perez, Heaney. I mean, there's Avaldi's just come back to the rotation. He'll be out there again tonight. Um, what do you what do you what do you think's the best scenario? And what is uh, where where is Bochi? Where do you think this thing's headed? What is the what's the latest on that front? Yeah, I, so to me, it's a two horse race. To me, Martin Perez stays in the bullpen, I, and I'm not—I don't know that this is what they're going to do. They might look at it and say that uh, Martin Perez is the guy that needs to start because of experience. I, to me, though, Martin Perez stays in the bullpen, uh, and it's—it's it's a decision between Cody Bradford and Andrew Heaney. And the reality is, you probably don't need to commit to one of them for the final three or four starts they might make. You could go with one and then switch it up. Uh, I think I would lean Cody Bradford. I don't say that with a ton of conviction. I think it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, Cody Bradford, someone who more 
is going to be a part of this team's future. I really, really like Cody Bradford. I don't know that he's a one or a two, but I think he's a guy who can develop into a good back end of the rotation piece, someone who's really reliable. Uh, and so maybe it's worth, you know, throwing him in there. He's, he's kind of answered every challenge they've thrown his way. He's, you know, by no means doing it in, uh, you know, all-star level production fashion or anything, uh, but he's given you chances to win when he started and coming out of the bullpen, he's done a nice job. Andrew Heaney's been a little more boomer bust. Andrew Heaney's had yeah. some rough ones, but he's also had eight shutout starts uh, this season. And I, I just don't know. They both, to me, have value in both the rotation and the bullpen. And I think it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of a flip of the coin. Um, but again, the reality is it's not a decision. If the Rangers make the playoffs, it's not a decision they need to worry about for the postseason. That rotation spot won't get a, an off start. Those uh, and if it's me, I'd like to see Cody Bradford get that opportunity. Uh, but either way, all three of those guys are going to have to play a critical role because uh, the Rangers have a few guys in the rotation that they you know, have short leashes on. So the multi-inning relief role is going to be very valuable for this team. And so whether it's Cody Bradford or Andrew Heaney who gets the start uh, in place of Max Scherzer's spot, I think both those guys plus Martin Perez will be in a position to, to pitch some high-leverage innings the rest of the way. You know, Jared, when I look at these last 17 games, to me this Rangers team seems so blue-collar in that when Seager was out early in the year or DeGrom was out and you've had, what, four or five All-Stars now that have missed significant time after the break, it seems like that's when this team has won the most is when the back's against the wall the most, right? Your your, your ace goes down or Seager's out, and that's when this squad built its foundation. Does it seem like that's what this team is back to? Like, hey, look, just one more piece of adversity seems to drop when this team wins i hope so i mean it's it's a nice story to tell uh and there's no doubt and i know matt referenced this earlier as well uh you you got seven shutout from jordan montgomery the the night you learn of max scherzer's injury uh keeping him out the rest of the year uh after jacob Degrom went on the il in late april didn't know yet he'd miss the rest of the year but after he went on the il uh, under some ominous circumstances, Nathan Avaldi goes and delivers a complete game shutout against the Yankees. No. Uh, so, you know, you've had those moments. Now, you know, I would also, the counter to that is, well, over that 20, 30 game stretch in which guys were dropping like flies, they didn't, you know, they, they weren't able to turn it around then. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I just think at the end of the day, this team has been through a lot of, of ups and downs, just like any team. Uh, vying for a playoff spot that's not the Braves or that you know there's always a couple teams each year that yeah they have they have their rough moments but they they kind of can hit cruise control at some point I mean the Braves have already clinched their division I mean my goodness uh, yeah. but the Rangers they've had those moments and I think they've done a really nice job of bouncing back I guys I'll be honest I I don't know I, I I think that 20-game stretch that they just went through, that, that you know month-long stretch, that could have crushed them. I mean, after getting swept by the Astros yeah. in the fashion in which they did, that could have crushed them. But, you know, they've come back and they've won five straight. And winning these three in Toronto, I mean, that's, that's massive just because of the implications, not just uh, leapfrogging Toronto, but they win the tiebreaker against Toronto, so that gives them essentially an extra games edge over them. And, uh, you know, that's... 
the Blue Jays have been playing really well up to that point. I think they had won eight of ten or something like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but this team has responded well. They wouldn't be in this position fighting for a playoff spot uh, if they hadn't because they've certainly taken their lumps throughout the year. Jared Sandler, Rangers Radio Network, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I, I got to say, a couple of games ago, I'm like, Grossman in the three-hole? And, and of course, back-to-back games – with home runs, two-run homers, and now I'm kind of like, wait, why would you put Gross- get Grossman out of the three-hole? And I know why he was there <laughs> because of who was on the mound and the, the matchups um, with the lefties. But isn't it? It is pretty cool that Bochy seems to, and these managers, you know, they play different things and decide different things. But you know, for most of the year, we settle into who's supposed to be hitting where, and then all of a sudden, Grossman just—he's in the three-hole. And he's been enormous in these last two games. And, of course, they now they've bumped him down. To, um, I guess he's hitting fifth uh, this evening and playing right field. Yeah, and, you know, that's the other part, too, going along with overcoming these. This team's got great depth. I mean, when, when you talk about depth in any sport, the backups, the guys who maybe aren't the, the everyday guys, you know, they, they're not going to be all-stars. That's There's a reason why they're not getting everyday reps to begin with. But, you know, you think of the guys who the Rangers have been able to call upon in the field and, and on the mound as, as, you know, as depth options. I mean, the fact that Max Scherzer goes down this late, and it's not that anyone is knocking down the door, pounding down the door to get Martin Perez, Andrew Heaney, or Cody Bradford, you know, on their roster right away. But those are three, you know, okay options. Uh, and Robbie Grossman has, you know, had times this year where he hasn't played much over, you know, a week or two-week stretch. And now he's, you know, he's a central part of their lineup with guys out like Adolis and Josh Young. And he's done a really great job. And, and I think Bruce Bochy has been great with how he's handled Robbie. One of the things you always hear a manager talk about when a team's struggling is you don't want to make a panic move. You don't want to make a move that sends a message of panic and totally just blowing up the lineup in the middle of that storm would have probably sent that message. But, you know, Bochy took advantage of maybe an injury and uh, a matchup and – you know, he was able to sort of slide Robbie Grossman into a higher leverage spot, and now all of a sudden Robbie's in third, and, you know, it, it's it's been great. Uh, you know, he gets on base since the All-Star break. He's getting on base 40% of the time. You know, he's starting to hit for a little more power, and he just, in general, he, he gives this team a really good at-bat. Uh, he works the count. He makes life difficult for opposing pitchers. He's not an All-Star. You know, I don't want to overstate anything, but his production from the All-Star break moving forward has been all-star-like production, and at least at the plate. And, uh, you know, he's kind of been an unsung hero. He and I don't know if Mitch Garver has, has graduated from unsung uh, because, you know, he certainly got in the love. But I think uh, Robbie Grossman has definitely been an unsung hero. And uh, his Robin, uh, you know, his counterpart to a lesser degree, Laoti Tavares the last two weeks has actually, yeah. you know, been really good after a really rough stretch. Jared, uh, make – Make me excited. Get, get my hopes up here because I've seen so many people that are on Rangers Twitter who have talked about just the what if. If you get to the postseason, you make some kind of wild run. Like, look at well, – I love to bring this one up, Matt, don't I? The, the Rangers and the Cardinals now over a decade ago playing in the World Series. That Cardinals team had no business being in the postseason, much less winning a World Series. Give me a scenario where this Rangers team makes some kind of magical run like that. Is there something within this roster, even with, with all the injuries, that still makes some kind of dream? scenario in the postseason well you know hopefully josh young's back on monday 
Uh, and, you know, that's going to boost the lineup. And I don't know whether you get Adolis Garcia back before the regular season ends. It seems like, you know, if the Rangers can advance in the playoffs, he should certainly be back. But um, yeah. I think, yeah, so th- that all is based on guys getting hot. And I'm going to give you a couple names uh, who, you know, maybe aren't the, the super studs uh, who I think could really make a difference here. The first name, and it's just because the bullpen is such a big part of this, is Josh Spores. Josh Spores yeah. is currently on the IL. Uh, I don't know, the hamstring or something. I don't know. Uh, but he also just wasn't getting the job done. And it's happened. He's had two stretches this year where all of a sudden it's like he's forgotten how to get guys out. But he mm-hmm. has also had some really long stretches where he's been unhittable. I'm not telling you to put all your chips in the middle of the table, but if you're asking me to paint a picture in which the Rangers make a deep run, that yeah. guy's got to come off the IL and be a stud out of the bullpen. They've also got to get something out of Ian Kennedy, uh, kind of like a holy smokes out of nowhere veteran, maybe his last hurrah. He said maybe you know this is the end of the line. But the Rangers need production from the right side of their bullpen because they just haven't consistently gotten that this year. And in the playoffs, you're not going to be able to win without that. So yeah. obviously you, you need the bats to not go cold. Uh, you gotta, you got to get quality efforts from your starters. You're probably going to have to repurpose maybe a, you know, a, a Dane Dunning is going to have to you know, do a really nice job in a hybrid role. And you need John Gray to, to be the John Gray who was a borderline all-star in the first half of the season as opposed to the guy who's kind of been up and down here in the second half. And so there's a lot of what-ifs, right? But you know, to your point, if a team is going to make one of these runs, a lot of these kind of coin flip what-ifs end up turning out you know, favorably for them. So if yeah. you're asking me to paint a picture, I think that picture would include a, a strong stretch from Josh Spores. I think it would include a strong stretch from John Gray. Uh, and probably a strong stretch from someone else, you know, an Ian Kennedy or a Dane Dunning who just they turn it on and, and really help this team because they need depth uh, from the right side. There's no doubt about it. All right, Jared, uh, enjoyed it. Just use that last 15 minutes for the first 10 minutes of your pregame show tonight, okay? I thought that was excellent. And uh, <laughs> just repurpose that. What? Uh, and, and keep doing those videos, by the way. I kind of like that. I like the uh, – I like that video where you just kind of put the phone or whatever you're using and then do kind of a little perspective, a minute or so of perspective. I uh, I, uh, I kind of enjoyed that on Twitter. So, anyway, I just wanted to encourage you to I, keep no, doing I, that. No, I appreciate that. That's, that's very kind of you. How many how many servers do you have at the Baylor Club right now? How many people? It's about 15. It's about yeah, 15, Jared. Sean yeah, leaving. They're all for Matt. That's upsetting. Yeah. And then there's some chocolate chip cookies. And then we're on our way. Spinach artichoke dip is on the way i think that we're about uh, 10 minutes away from that so uh jared they didn't have that waiting for you yeah i'm still probably gonna talk to somebody about that but everything's everything's okay all right jared really appreciate it i tell you that that wouldn't happen to the usc club we'd have that all ready laid out for you just so you know Mm, well that pac-12 by the way in their last ever season dominant dominant (laughs) like champions (laughs) <laughs> in Utah, the Utes did it to the Bears. It's so sad right here at McLean Stadium, right where we are right now, just right out next to us. It was very sad. And that, you got to hand it to that Whittingham, by the way. I was never a huge Kyle Whittingham guy until last week, Jared. He came on with us, and he was so cool and, like, great. I mean, he was just the greatest. And so, anyway, I'm kind of a Whittingham guy now.
All right, well, he kicks USC's butt every time USC plays. So I'm not a big fan of his. But maybe if he lays down for us this year, I'd like him more. That's right. Well, you'll get to escape him soon as you all sprint yeah. into the Big Ten where you've always right. wanted to be, right? You've always wanted <laughs> yeah, to be a Big Ten guy. Yeah, true, for sure. <laughs> all right, have a good broadcast tonight. We'll talk to you soon. See you, fellas. Take care. All right, you bet. There he goes. Jared Sandler, Rangers Radio Network. Okay, we... Listen to ESPN Central.